What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks defeat the Chicago Bulls in overtime, 133 to 129. And Giannis led the way for the Bucks with 32 points and 11 rebounds. Six additional Bucks players finished the game with double digit scoring efforts. Plus, I mean, coming into this game, reports leaked from the locker room that the Bucks had a player challenging the team to be better. So how much better did they actually look tonight in their first game since that in-season tournament loss? Plus, with some updated injury news around Pat Connaughton, which young buck should remain in the rotation, if any? All that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carrie the G and MKE. Joining me this evening, it's not Justin Garcia, it's not Frank Madden, it's actually one of my co-hosts from the Technical File Podcast, Mr. Eric J himself. And we appreciate you for tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Now, Eric, first, welcome. <laughs> Had me in here doing my tech file intro out of habit just from having you right here, but... I mean, the Bucks won tonight, which is a great thing. Second time they were in overtime so far this season, again, against the Bulls. And after that Pacers in-season tournament game, some Bucks players came out and lamented the effort down the stretch from the team, as well as the organization of the team down the stretch, and the clutch in particular. And tonight, they had another clutch opportunity in this game in the fourth quarter down the stretch, as well as in overtime. And luckily tonight, they were able to get a win. Did you see anything different uh, from this Bucks team than what we saw in that Pacers game? Because in case people are unfamiliar, in that article that came out that Chris Haynes reported, it was said that Bobby Portis called out his teammates, called out Coach Griffin, and said that they need to be better. They need to execute better. The team needs to be more structured down the stretch. Did you see anything different down the stretch for this team tonight? Uh, I mean, they didn't turn it over. So, so that was the um, Dame did his best too. But uh, no, I, like I think that they were a little bit better. They were a little bit more cohesive. Um, I think they leaned a little bit more into Giannis and Chris uh, two-man game, um, which is kind of like their safety blanket at this point. Um, I think Dame just having an off game kind of threw things off. But yeah, I think that, Yes. I think they're better than the last game. Obviously, they pulled out the win. Um, the issues down the stretch in this game felt like it was more on the de- defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and that's not really a surprise necessarily for this team as well. We've gotten used to this Bucks team not having too much defense throughout the game and then kind of tightening up down the stretch. And I think you did see some of that as well in overtime and down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Brooke Lopez was looking like Block Lopez down the stretch in this game, some big defensive efforts from them. And one thing in the article that was called out was just how players needed to execute better. And it was interesting because throughout the most of the game, Giannis was kind of quiet. He had 12 points through the first three quarters, 
But between overtime and the fourth quarter, the man had 20 points. So it looked like, as you mentioned, that two-man game between Giannis and Chris was working really well. But also, I do think they played some, some pretty decent defense. I know me and you have had conversations off-air about – uh, this team taking gambles defensively and how sometimes that sets them up uh, for failure. I mean, they go for a gamble. If you don't make it, it leads to back-breaking plays. And we saw that a bit down the stretch as well. There was one play in particular where the Bucks were playing outstanding defense. It was a great defense. And then the ball gets knocked loose. It gets kicked out to uh, Kobe White. And Malik Beasley goes for the steal. He misses it. Kobe knocks down an open three. The game remains close. And then as you see, we had an overtime for this game to continue. But I really enjoyed the effort of Giannis throughout the game because it felt like he was doing his best to try to get everybody else involved. They talked about being more cohesive as an offensive unit. And then he came through down the stretch and, and took it over himself. Yeah, agreed. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to highlight that very play. It's got like Malik, uh, he kind of gambled with, Less than a second on the shot clock. It's yes. like just stay silent. Just stay silent. You don't need to steal in that in that position. Um, and that led to a wide open three. But yeah, I mean, like that's that's what Griff coaches. He wants them to be aggressive. He wants them to take chances. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and you know, it was unfortunate, but <laughs> it, it worked out in the end because they got the W. Absolutely. And I'm just taking a look here at just the team stats from this game as well, because one thing that Griffin apparently was talking about in that article that leaked after the Pacers game is that he wanted to see a better rebounding effort from the team. Apparently, Bobby was saying, as I mentioned, he wanted to see better uh, play calls, drawn up more structure. And he also admitted the players have to just execute better down the stretch as well. And we look at the stats from this game in particular. The rebounding battle, that's one where I'm always looking at, and especially against this Bulls team because we know they rebound well, and whenever I see Andre Drummond get into the game, I'm just like, okay, here we go. You need to be really, really sound in this moment because we know what Andre Drummond is coming in the game to do. He knows his assignment, and he does it well. In this game, he had 16 rebounds all on his own, but we're looking at team totals. The Bulls were only plus three on the Bucks tonight in rebounds, which is something that you like to see. Unfortunately, the offensive rebounds were something that bit the Bucks in the butt a bit tonight. The Bulls had 18 offensive rebounds, while the Bucks were only able to get six of their own. And again, Andre Drummond plays a big part in that. And I just, I see him getting the game, and I'm just like, it's about to get dirty again. Not dirty, I shouldn't say dirty. It's about to get really grimy. Like you have to be on your P's and Q's. You have to be ready to box out. You got to play that dirty ball. And I got to say, the Bucks actually did in this game. Like their efforts on the glass, it wasn't necessarily one person that shined really, really bright outside of Chris Middleton, which is kind of a surprise. You don't expect him to be the team leader in rebounds, but it really was a team effort tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was taking a, a look at the team stats, and that jumped out to me because it felt like the Bulls got every every rebound. Um, for so for them to only be plus three in the total rebounds department, it was like kudos Bucks. But with those eighteen offensive rebounds, the Bulls wound up with uh, let me do my math real quick twenty eight more shots <laughs> than the Bucks did on goal. Um, so they do still need to, you know, box out a little bit better on the defensive glass, but they did grab, I believe it was 42 of them. Um, yeah, 42 defensive rebounds is a total. So yeah. uh, there was just a lot of a lot of bricks on, on the Bulls' side. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, like to Bobby's point, I do think that they need to execute better. Like it, it, coaching can only take you so far. Um, and I think that so much of the civil war on Bucks Twitter is centered around the coaching. And it's like the players have kind of gotten a pass for, you know, like lackadaisical effort, not backing out, not getting back on defense. Like those are things that you're as NBA players, these are things that you were taught as peewee players, you know, yeah. um, like get back on defense, guard your man box out, do all those little things, um, like effort stuff. Like, I know we don't want to hear effort, energy and effort, but. You got to use them separate. If you use them separate, it's okay. <laughs> but when you put energy and effort together, then it's a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it just takes the effort. So um, yeah, I mean, they were, again, they were better. Um, again, Dame's, Dame's performance Um it's probably part of the reason why it was a little bit closer than it should have been, but um, positives coming out of the Pacers game and apparently a tense locker room. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that Dame's play, like we didn't get a lot of buckets from Dame tonight, uh, but going back to that Pacers post game, another aspect of the game that Giannis called out himself. So putting the Bobby Portis article to the side, putting what Chris Haynes reported to the side, in Giannis's post-game conference, he mentioned the fact that, hey, our bench has to be better. And you mentioned the fact that although tonight Dame wasn't on, the Bucs were still able to win this game in large part because they were able to get a big effort from their bench. And I want to take a deeper look into how the balanced Bucks offensive attack tonight helped get us to victory. And if it also told us anything more about this squad, and I want to get into that a little bit more in depth coming up next. We are in the thick of the holiday season. And if you're struggling to find the perfect gift to give to a loved one, why not give them an experience? Because I mean, like, hey, tickets to a Bucks game is always a great gift, even when you have these stressful clutch time, double overtime games again against the same opponent. But using game time is the best way to find the best deals on the best seats for the hottest events. Game time is fast and easy. It's a great way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Plus, GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. With GameTime, you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The all-in prices show you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Plus, you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Time is valuable, so we truly appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Bucks. A special shout out to the everydayers who tune in Monday through Friday. If you enjoy what we do here on Locked On Bucks, I want to put you on something else that you might enjoy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day. It's brought to you by all the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows that cover every single league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, Eric, I mentioned the bench scoring was really balanced tonight. 
when you look at this, the final stats of the game, the dynamic duo that shined the brightest tonight didn't happen to be wearing Bucket jerseys and coming into this game without Zach Levine for the Bulls, no Alex Caruso, who is the one who sent the last Bucks bulls game to overtime. Uh, you, you don't expect that when Dame and Giannis are on the other side of that equation. But tonight, DeMar DeRozan, 41 points. Kobe White, 33 points. The two of them really led the way for the Chicago Bulls in their efforts tonight. But when it comes to the Bucks, I already mentioned Giannis had 32 tonight. Uh, but the next leading scorer happened to be Malik Beasley and Brooke Lopez. Both of them had 19 points. Meanwhile, Bobby Portis had 17 points off the bench. Chris Middleton had 13. Dame had 14. A.J. Green, 12 points tonight off the bench. Did anything stand out to you tonight from the Bucks balance scoring attack? Um, Again, after all the hullabaloo <laughs> following the Pacers <laughs> game, um, it was good to see Bobby come out, Absolutely. especially in that first half, just knocking down shots. Um, he's kind of been in a bit of a funk recently. Um, so it was good to see him break out um, and back up his words. Um, he was the vocal leader after that game. And he also mentioned during his media availability, I believe it was yesterday, mm -hmm. that he also tries to lead by example as well. So this was this was an example <laughs> of, uh, of both both tracks. So it was nice to see Bobby get off the schneid a little bit. And also it's always nice seeing AJ Green shoot. <laughs> like it's, like yeah. it's the ugliest form, but it always <laughs> is so pretty in the air. Let me ask you this real quick before I talk about AJ Green. Uglier shot, AJ Green or campaign? Andre Jackson Jr. That <laughs> <laughs> but no, no camp campaigns is worse. Campaign, yeah, okay, all right, that's a real answer, all right, but no, jokes aside though, to your point about Bobby backing up what he said, he only had four points in that Pacers loss, he was two of five from the field tonight, he comes back with 17 points. That's the most points we've seen from Bobby since their big win over Washington back on the 20th of November. So, seeing him get in the game, get some buckets, get some ISO buckets too, taking advantage of mismatches in the post, it's beautiful to see, especially when they're dropping for him. And A.J. Green, we mentioned him. He's had a tough go. Like, A.J. Green is – his biggest talent is being an NBA-level shooter. We know he can shoot the three ball well. He can shoot it consistently. And so far this season, it hasn't really been there for him. Tonight, he hit his season high with 12 points, four or five from three. And it was just a welcome sight to see him start knocking down some threes because A.J. Green is not out there knocking down threes. It's not to say he doesn't bring you any value. But the biggest value that he brings to the table then is mute. I mean, he gave uh, he also gave us five rebounds, which was another thing that kind of stood out to me on the box score. Um, and part of that was just taking advantage of Brooke specifically, um, doing a great job of boxing out um, Andre Drummond aside. I mean, always Andre Drummond aside, because, right. again, when that man gets in the game, it's it's a different story. But. Yeah, I love to see AJ have himself a good game. Bobby Portis had a good game. And honestly, the two of them were the bulk of the bench scoring for the Bucks tonight. Marjan had two points on one of two shooting. Campaign had five points on two of four shooting. Ironically enough, in the first half, AJ Green was outpacing Marjan in the minutes count. But they both ended with 14 in the game because, hey, overtime, clutch time, we know that it's not going to be A.J. Green in the game unless, you know, injuries dictate that. But they were able to ride with Giannis, with Chris, with Brooke, with Damon, with Malik down the stretch. 
And we got a new season high in minutes for Chris Middleton tonight as well with 33. I mentioned the fact that he had some good rebounding numbers. The shooting wasn't there, but I think Chris was able to make an impact in this game um, outside of just putting the, the basket in the hoop. Basket in the hoop. The ball in the hoop. <laughs> we understood what you meant. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, um, Chris, the most reassuring thing for Chris's performance tonight was that he was able to play pretty much the entirety of the overtime period. Um, the last game that they played against the Bulls, when that one also went into overtime. I think that was part of the reason that they lost uh, is that they didn't have Chris down the stretch, well, down the stretch of overtime. Um, yeah. Like he had hit his minutes limit for that game. Um, so for him to play 33 minutes and to get all, again, like he came off for, I think, like two seconds. Um in overtime period, again, like that's great for their long-term uh, outlook. The 13 rebounds is huge, six assists, 13 points on 11 shots. Not the most efficient, but decent. It was fine. Um, and some ball handling mishaps aside, on the offensive side, like I just felt a lot better about Chris kind of running off it. Like, again, going back to that two-man game with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um and then kind of flowing off of that, like there were they were able to create some open shots for other people, even if, you know, like the initial Giannis Chris uh, pick and roll was kind of defended well, like it, it created open shots off the swings. So um, like like I said earlier, like that's kind of their security blanket, it feels like. Um, and as Dame gets more comfortable, like hopefully we can kind of integrate that game time element into like the Chris and Giannis uh, mind meld. <laughs> and then we'll really be cooking with gra- cooking with gas. Yeah. And that mind meld took a lot of time for them to put that together as well. Like that is 10 years of partnership between Giannis and Chris that you see. And that's why it always just looks so easy between them. And on a night where Dame gives you 14 points on 17 shots, It was a bad Dame game tonight offensively. Um, At times, it looked like the defensive effort wasn't there. Until we got down to overtime, I did see him turning it up a little bit for him. So on a night where Dame shoots that poorly, you might think, like, I don't see how we're going to win this one. But, again, it was efforts across the board from the Bucs tonight which you love to see. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out as well. I mentioned Brooke Lopez. I just want to spend some more time celebrating Giannis before we move on. Because this was another good free throw game from Giannis. He did get whistled for the 10-second call uh, during the game. But he finished the night 14-18 from the free throw line. He was a team best plus 13. And I know plus minus. You can't, it's not the end-all be-all. But it provides an accurate snapshot tonight with what my eyes saw and the way that Giannis performed. And on a night where the other half of that new dynamic duo with Dame and Giannis isn't working out, it's really good to see Giannis be able to carry that weight for the team, take over when it needs to be done, and help get this team to victory. You got anything you want to say about Giannis before we continue on? He's the goat. No, uh, <laughs> no, he he was he was phenomenal. Like, I'm, it's unfortunate that Frank can't be on this uh, episode because I know right. that he's somewhere loving <laughs> loving Giannis's free throw uh, production tonight. Um, and especially like down, down the stretch, like he missed one, I think between the end of the fourth and then to overtime. So he, he did his job. He, <laughs> I was thinking it's like, 
Giannis is so competitive that the Bucks bringing in Dame kind of stepped up his clutch, you know, his clutch performances because I feel like he's been a lot better in closing out games this year than he has been historically, which was already, you know, already pretty decent. You know, two-time MVP, Finals MVP, all that good stuff. So, um, no, I you can never say anything. You can never say enough about what Giannis does for this team, um, and. For him to, I forget how many he had in the first half, but he didn't have much. He had 12 going into the fourth quarter. Um, Like when he, I can't think he kind of realized like, hey, if we're going to get this done, I got to go do it. He stayed under control. um, And, you know, he wore on the Bulls defenders. Like so many of them were in foul trouble by the end of the the game. And that's because Giannis kept attacking, kept attacking, kept attacking. And he did so without picking up offensive fouls. Which is a big key. Uh, we saw that Tory Craig got fouled out during this game because of his efforts of trying to stop Giannis. And hey, just didn't work out for the guy tonight. Which for the Bucks, you love to see that. You love to see it. And I love to get the chance to talk about Giannis and just give him praise for what he does because I don't ever want us to take for granted what we see from Giannis on a night in and night out basis, the effort that he gives, the way that he's able to will this team to victory. It's just special. The Giannis era has been special. And I just love to get the chance to give the man some flowers about what he's doing on the court, especially in efforts like this tonight where the team really needed somebody to kind of take the reins and help lead them to victory um, while they all played a really good supporting role this evening. And talking about supporting roles, I mentioned at the top, that Pat Connington's return appears to be close. Could be as early as next week. Have any young bucks shown enough to remain in the rotation upon his return? We're going to discuss that coming up next. A lot of people say that the NBA season doesn't start until the Christmas Day games. And, well, the NFL season doesn't really turn up until after Thanksgiving. Every game feels more intense with various teams jockeying for that playoff position. So every game feels big. Luckily, FanDuel is feeling those big game vibes too with a big time offer. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I'm going to say that even slower, so just to make sure you heard me. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and even more than that. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get in on the action. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, like I mentioned, ahead of the game, we got some updated injury news about Pat Connaughton. Apparently, he can make his return to the lineup as soon as next week. And with Pat Connaughton's upcoming return, that's about 23 minutes a game uh, that he was playing before his injury that he'll probably be looking to get back. Maybe not at the beginning. He might have to ramp his minutes back up. But we can count on Pat for about 20 minutes per game based on what we've seen so far this season. And that comes off of him not getting as many minutes to start the season and starting to get more before he got injured and starting to play a little bit better as well. So with his injury... That came on top of the Bucks being without Jay Crowder. We've had Chris on the minutes restriction. So we've gotten a chance to see a little bit more Marjan, Andre Jackson Jr., and A.J. Green. Maybe not as much as some folks wanted to see, but we have gotten a chance to see them um, in some bigger roles without some of those key guys out there. So have any of the young Bucks done anything, in your opinion, to make you want to continue to see them in the lineup? 
Um, before we get to that, what did you think of uh, Pat's fashion choice of the evening? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I love, 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 love to see Pat Connaughton in a Marquette jersey on the sideline. I don't know what bet he lost. I don't know who he lost the bet to, but give me all the Marquette love. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You see, we talk about the Chris Giannis two-man game. Like, that. that's that that's mind the, game. Like I, I know, yeah. I know. That's the Eric Camille two-man game, you know? <laughs> uh, no, like, um, I always want to – I always want to see Marjan playing just because I feel like for him, it's kind of the rhythm and he has to get his confidence up. So you want to keep pushing him in that direction. Um, AJ, it's hard to not say AJ after, (laughs) after tonight's performance. And it seems like he's, you know, coming out of his slump to kind of start this season. So you want to see, I want to see him all play, man. I I don't know. Good answer. Good answer. It's it's Sophie's choice. Like his family feud. Good answer. Good answer. Because honestly, I mean, that's the thing we've seen with this Bucks team, that it's a bit older. We we are desperate at this point to try to find somebody who can bring some youth athleticism and ideally some defense at the point of attack. And I think when you're looking at it, A.J. Green gives you more of that scoring ability. Like I said, we know that he has an NBA level talent when it comes to shooting the basketball. 40% three-point shooter last season. So he has that skill set. He definitely tries on defense at this point. Doesn't look too much more different than some of the other guys we've seen out there on defense. But with Marjan and with Andre Jackson Jr., their calling card has always been more so what they can do defensively, especially Andre Jackson Jr. It's kind of like A.J. Green's on one extreme of these three guys with the shooting offense. Andre's on the other side of the extreme with the defense, the playmaking, the little things. And then Marjan's kind of in the middle between those two players of what you get from them. And we haven't seen that much Andre Jackson Jr. I do wonder if it's the, the back thing. They mentioned he was day-to-day. I'm more if they're just kind of monitoring that for him because he didn't even get any minutes in tonight's game, and his minute count for the last few games have been pretty low. Uh, but in my opinion, like you said, I would like to see a little bit from all of them. If we can, that would, you know, hopefully we can get some more garbage time minutes as well so these young dudes can get time to just kind of play through. Because one thing you see when they are in the game is that they tend to foul a lot. And Marjan mentioned it last year under Bud, where it was like he knew if he fouled, he was getting pulled. And he talked ahead of this season about having a little bit more of a leash, so to speak, in this system and being able to foul a little bit more and not have to worry about getting pulled out the game. But you want to see these guys start to get better. And one way you see them get better is through those game reps. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, I think that naturally some of Pat's minutes will come from Malik Beasley. Like, that's somebody we haven't mentioned yet, but I do want to shout him out because he was on fire for most of the game. Um, and, like, I've been really happy with his performance, on honestly, on both ends of the court. Um, like, I feel like since he went viral for that kind of brain fart against Indiana about a <laughs> month ago, he's actually really stepped it up. His, his defense, you know, his talent is – it has a ceiling, but his, his effort has been there on a nightly basis. He played 40 minutes tonight, um, which, yeah. again, like I don't, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm penalizing. I just think that his minute low should probably be more in the high 20s as opposed to the high 30s where it has been. Um, so I don't see a reason why necessarily one of, or one or more of the young guys has to get cut out of the rotation. I think just rejiggering some of the lineups to include Pat and kind of take some minutes away from some of the vets. Um, 
may be the, the proper course of action. It's a really good point. Something that I thought about a few games ago where it's like with these guys out, I think we're just seeing more minutes from the starters coming up here. And it was an overtime game tonight. So the minute load is a little like it, it's not as bad as it looks ideally because they had an extra five minutes of game time. But still, Giannis, 41 minutes, Brooke Lopez, 40 minutes, Damian Lillard, 41 minutes, Malik Beasley, 40 minutes, Chris Middleton at that 33 mark. So like you said, you might just start seeing some of those minutes come down for the regular season. I'm not exactly sure at this point what Adrian Griffin's coaching style is when it comes to a minutes low. Like I did see coming into this game, you know, Dame was playing a career low in minutes per game. Meanwhile, like this is one of the highest for Giannis over the last few years because of the buzz system. So it's interesting to see how those minutes might end up landing um, as guys continue to get healthier and you don't have to rely on a tighter rotation or just more minutes from your top guys going forward. For sure. I agree. <laughs> Didn't have anything but we'll have to wait and see the Bucks next game happens to be on Wednesday against the Pacers. It just feels like we're in groundhog day at this point. We have seen the bulls and the Pacers so many times at this point. And, and here they come again. So, but I will say with uh, Dame's comments in the post game press conference after the the Vegas game, he got some get back for uh, for Halliburton for the Dame time celebration, and coming off of what I'm sure he's you know like him being upset about his performance tonight, I would just say watch out for Dame. Uh, what is that Wednesday night? Wednesday night. I would love a big Dame game. I would love to even get the actual Dame time wrist movement, like you said, a little get back on that. I did love Dame's response to that saying, like, I've done this so many times. Like, hey, it's part of the game. If you can't dish it, <laughs> you, you you better be quiet then. And on top of that, too, he's like, hey, just have a little humility as well because you never know when your moment's going to be up. So Wednesday could be really interesting when you add in that aspect of it as well. And we got to try to find something after seeing the Pacers again for the third time already. We haven't even hit the middle of December in this season, but that'll do it for us today. Make sure that you go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports today comes through with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. So make sure you go and check that out after we close here. For Eric and myself, we'll catch you later. Y'all be safe and take care. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.